Hey, beloved, welcome to another chapter of the Book of Sean, people. <laughs> you tune in on the right day. My sister April is here. We're going to talk about her journey with love, divorce. Come on now. Yeah, because everybody you love don't love you back the right way. Talk to me, people. Just because you love them don't mean that they love you. And she's been through that journey. I want to listen to her heart. I want to understand where she has come from, where she is now, and where she would like to go. Because, you know, just because it didn't work out once don't mean it won't work out forever. You know what I'm saying? And plus, look at that smile she got. Show her again. Look at that. How's she going to be alone? No, no, no. We got to find April somebody. We got to make sure that she is ready for the moment, okay? Because when you come through something, you don't come through unscathed and unscarred. Hmm? Yeah. We're going we're gonna to do some work tonight. It's going to be great. We're going to do some Ask Dr. Sean later. And I always, I always start out with headlines. So let's do some headlines. Harley, play the bubba. Let's start with the Queen of England. Queen Elizabeth II, as we all know now, passed away today. And we send our condolences to the people of Great Britain, the United Kingdom, and the Commonwealth, and of course, the House of Windsor. Um, I had a lot of people, you know, a lot of people on social media poo-pooing the Queen and all of that. In fact, there was somebody here. Somebody here was saying, I mentioned the queen, and, it, and, and this person was saying, well, you know, she was a racist, I, as if this person had ever met her <laughs> or ever been in the same room with her. Um, and then the person said, well, you know, she was over a racist system. And to which I reminded the person, you live in a racist system. <laughs> What's the difference? You know what I'm saying? With your iPhone in your pocket, using TikTok and Twitter. You in the racist system participating? I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not obfuscating or making it okay. Great Britain is the, is the progenitor, the creator of modern racism. The slave trade started because of Great Britain. There's no doubt about it. British colonialism, British imperialism were horrible affectations on the American soul and created a devastating political and geopolitical consequences for black and brown people all across the planet. Of course I know that. I went to college. <laughs> of course I know that, okay? But that doesn't take away from the fact that when someone dies, you ought to at least say you acknowledge the fact that they died. And when someone gave 70 years of their life to something and did it really well, before you rush to critique and condemn them, you might want to swallow the meat and spit out the bone. Because most of the people you know can't spend 70 minutes doing something. And this woman spent 70 years of her life dedicated to something greater than herself. Even if you disagree with the things she dedicated her life to, the reality is she lived a committed life. And I think all of us should strive to do that. Okay? Let's move on, people, because I ain't arguing with y'all today. <laughs> all right, let's talk about teachers, okay? This story is going to, in the words, in the immortal words of Muhammad Ali, this word is going to shock and amaze you. Listen to this. Because we don't pay teachers any money and because we don't respect the act of teaching and because it costs so much to live in the Bay Area, a Northern California school district, this is the, I'm not making this up, has literally asked the parents of students to rent rooms to teachers to rent some of their open space to teachers because teachers don't make enough money to afford rent in Northern California. And y'all stuck on the queen and not liking her. <laughs> Somebody needs to do something. About, why in the, 
What? Is this not crazy? I mean, come on, people. Is this not crazy? We have gotten to the place where now school districts and superintendents, what was her name? Cheryl Jordan, who's the superintendent of this school district, said that we've lost out on some employees because once they see how much it costs to live here, they determine that it's just not possible. This is, a, this is insane. How much does it cost to live in Northern California? Somebody Google this for me and put it in the chat. You mean, you mean it costs that much that teachers have to rent rooms? We don't care that much about a teacher, huh? Now you dribble a basketball and run a football, we pay you $100 million. <laughs> if you sit in front of a green screen and say stupid stuff all day, oh yeah, we'll, 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 lie. we'll give you $100,000 a year for that. There are people right now who have endorsement deals for over $100,000 on social media, more than that, and they just say stupid stuff all day, just stupid. But when it comes to the people that teach our children, who formulate and construct their minds, who give them critical thinking and language, who teach them emotional intelligence, intellectual intelligence, how to navigate through the social constructions of life. We, we pay them $40,000, maybe. Does anybody see a problem with this? I'm sorry to yell, but what else can you do in the face of rampant and blatant stupidity? What? April, I need to fan myself. <laughs> I need to fan myself, April, because that's how, that's how mad I'm getting about this. It turns out 34 people have decided to rent rooms to teachers. So shout out to the 34 people who, who heeded the request of the superintendent. Okay? But the fact that, that, that you can't afford to live in Northern California, Southern California, New Atlanta, <laughs> you can't afford to live nowhere in this country right now. It's beyond me, man. What, what does it say to a kid who sees his teacher or her teacher struggling? What does it say to a little girl about the value of education if her teacher is renting a room in her house? How much value will they take to reading, to thinking of social studies or anything else, if they see that at the end of the day, if you learn, you struggle? And if you teach, you have to beg, borrow, and steal. But this is the message that we're sending to kids. Don't worry about it. No, no, no. Education doesn't pay off. You know how I know? Because my teacher has to rent soap from my mama. <laughs> you didn't think that was funny? You just go sit there, huh? That was funny. It's funny until, it's, until you realize how true it is. I'm going to leave this story alone because i got to move on. But teaching should be one of the most exclusive professions that we have in this country. And we should be paying teachers millions of dollars to stand in front of our kids all day. You know what the pandemic taught us? Since y'all want to act funny, you're mad about my queen opening. Since y'all want to, you know what the pandemic taught us? The pandemic taught us that the public school system is the largest daycare system in the world. Because when our kids couldn't go to school, we didn't know what to do. They take care of our kids. They teach our kids, they inspire our kids, they listen to our kids, and we won't pay them. You know what, the Ro I'm, I'm going to end on this. The Roman Empire did not fall into trouble on the day the city was burning. The Roman Empire came into trouble on the day the leaders of the city decided to get rid of Socrates. Because when you kill your teachers, you have one foot in the grave. You know that was good. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Pakistan. Pakistan, 
which ironically used to be under the rule of the British Empire, by the way. I'm just saying. I'm honest, okay? I'm honest. I'm honest. But let's talk about Pakistan, apart from Queen Elizabeth and apart from the British Empire. So somebody tell me how come we haven't heard more about what's going on in Pakistan? Somebody explain this to me, okay? Because I need y'all to explain why is it the case that 30 million people have been displaced by flooding and we don't hear about this all day, every day? Why? 30 million people have been... Uh, in fact, let me say this. The, the land amount or the, or the amount of land that's underwater in Pakistan is equal to the total size of Great Britain, just to bring all this together. So there's enough, there's enough land underwater that would submerge in Pakistan that would submerge Great Britain. And you, and how much have you heard about this? Thousand people are dead, land mass larger than Great Britain. How, how much have you heard about this? Why, why, why is it the case that the mass media, CNN, MSNBC, Fox, all, all, everybody, nobody's talking about this? 30 million people don't have a place to live, don't have a place to raise their kids, don't have a place to eat, don't have a place to, don't have a place to, to, to construct their lives. 30 million people, people. It's a lot of people. And you don't, you don't hear anything about let's send aid to Pakistan, hashtag we stand with Pakistan, hashtag hack, you don't hear none of that. You don't hear nothing about it on social media. Somebody explain to me why. Huh? Why not? Could it be because Pakistan is a brown country and a Muslim country? Could that be the reason why? The Western world and Western media and even social media and even all of y'all that seem to be so woke and so about it, about it, and you know, all the issues. I don't see none of y'all talking about hashtag we stand with Pakistan. Why is that? If, if you're brown and Muslim, you don't, you shouldn't get empathy, sympathy. The Western media has complete apathy when it comes to 30 million people basically being flooded out of their homes. This is a ridiculous proposition. Let, let me say this clearly. The effects of climate change are going to affect black and brown people first because we live in the places that are most vulnerable to the changing of the climate. And if we don't stand up and make sure that the world cares about Pakistan, then when climate change comes to Zimbabwe or to Ghana or to Nigeria or to Harlem or to Brooklyn, south side of Chicago, or Atlanta, don't expect the world to care then. Huh? We got to make the world care when it happens to any one of our brothers and sisters. Honestly, black, brown, white, red, net, whatever you are, we got to make sure that it's equal, it's an equal distribution of concern. Don't let the world get away with not caring about Pakistan and you be a part of that not caring and then you mad at the world for not caring if something happens in Ethiopia. Now you care. If the only time you care is when something's happening to you, then you don't understand what caring is all about. I'm cooking with hot grease. If, if, if you put the chicken down in this grease, it's going to be hard. <laughs> anyway, how about we start caring, okay? Because they're human beings. And quiet as it's kept, I am human. And therefore, nothing human can be foreign to me. All right, let me keep going. I'm, I'm almost done, April. You hang on in there, okay? Let's talk. April, listen to this story. April, listen to this story. Right. You listen to this story, too, all right? Let's talk about cryptocurrency. Let's talk about it. I know y'all love cryptocurrency because you're so young and modern and ready. 
you don't you don't like cash. You like to just get crypto. Listen to this story about your old cryptocurrency. If if Warren Buffett don't like it, I don't like it either. <laughs> if Warren has a problem with it, he knows a little more about this than I do. Anyway, here's the story. Did you hear that cryptocurrency exchange company that accidentally transferred almost listen to this 10.5 million dollars into an Australian woman's account but failed to notice it <laughs> for what like seven months something like that <laughs> yes yes crypto.com made a mistaken payment last year and was supposed to pay this particular woman whose name I'm not even going to try to mention because it's too hard to mention and I'll butcher the poor in the woman's name and ruin the story. They put, they're supposed to give her $100 <laughs> and they end up giving her $10.5 million because somebody put a zero and a, and a decimal point in the wrong place. And then cryptocurrency.com had the audacity to try to take the woman to court as if she had stole something, as if she had done something wrong. Can you believe this? How do, you, how do you take me to court because you deposited more money than I asked for? I didn't tell you to deposit that much money in my account. You gonna take me to court for your mistake? This is a master, this is a master, a master manipulator does something like that. I'm talking about at the human level, you know what I'm saying? When somebody does something wrong, then they blame you for what they did. I wouldn't have did it if, it, if, if, if you didn't do this. If you didn't, if you didn't make me slap you. I didn't make you slap me. <laughs> You know, here's, 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 here's a better word. If, if you didn't make me cheat on you, Negro. I said Negro, not the other one. I didn't make you cheat. <laughs> Nobody can make you do cheat. No, no. How are you going to take this woman to court for what you did? But that's what they did. They had the audacity to take this woman to court and her sister, who she bought something for. They took her to court and her sister. So what do y'all think of this, okay? I'm running out of time. But what do y'all think of this? What do you think of the fact that this woman got $10.5 million? Do you think she should have said something? Do you think she should have given the money back? So if you got, so let's, let's take it out of the crypto. Let's make it any, any financial institution, any bank. If a, if a bank, if you get your regular direct deposit from your job and your bank mistakenly sends you $10.5 million, are you calling the bank? You giving the money back? I'm just gonna be honest with you. I'm not. I'm the ethical guy. I do the moral thing, but I'm. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell the truth and shame the devil. The devil gonna be shamed after this show, cause you send Dr. Sean Henderson McMillan 10.5 million dollars. I'm not saying a word. <laughs> you gonna have to come with the FBI to get me. I ain't saying nothing, because you know why? And it's not unethical. Two, three, looking looking at me with jaundiced moral eyes judgmental self it's not unethical you know why because it's not my fault you don't know how to put a decimal point in the comma in the right place and y'all supposed to be crypto.com y'all supposed to be so technology driven you're supposed to be so ahead of the rest of us old-fashioned people that like paper money y'all said they're in the bank y'all so special uh, technology and your numb nuts don't know how to put a comma and a decimal point in the right place yeah and you didn't don't press send <laughs> until you read the amount. I think if you send me $10.5 million, I should be able to keep it so that you will never make this mistake again. Apparently, a judge in southeastern Australia has ordered the sale of the property that the woman bought 
but it doesn't mention anything in the story about the rest of the money because, you know, one home don't cost no $10.5 million. So somebody Google right now and find out if the woman got to keep the rest of the money. Because I want to know, did she get to keep the rest of that money or did the judge, because it's not mentioned in the story. It mentioned that they made her sell the house and then that she bought, two homes that she bought, and then they made her give the proceeds to crypto.com. But there's still a lot of money left. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping she got to keep the money. So I'm going to end on this, okay? You ready for this? You ain't going to see this one coming. When people make mistakes and they do something wrong and then they want you to pay for the mistakes that they made, that's a red flag. That's a sign for you that you need to pick up your luggage, your heart, your soul, and your mind and go somewhere else, okay? And if this doesn't apply to your, if this doesn't apply to your heart, then it definitely applies to your money. So for all of y'all in crypto.com, I'm just saying, if they can give $10.5 million inadvertently, can they take $10.5 million inadvertently too? So just for the record, 2-3 said he does care that the queen died and he does not have cryptocurrency. He just wanted me to tell everybody. The question is, do we believe him? <laughs> I believe that he cares that the queen died, but I don't know about that cryptocurrency. Anyway... Let's talk about love, okay? Let's talk about matters of the heart. One of the things I love to do on this show is to explore the depth, the height, the length, the breadth of what it means to love somebody. I have said time and time again, and I tell you right now, the hardest thing you'll ever do in your life is to love another human being. It's easier to love a dog (laughs) than it is to love a person. And my guest tonight has had a journey. She's been through the fire, but she survived, and she's come back from the dark to give us some wisdom but also to open up her heart so that she can met, so that she rather can let some more light in. I like that. I like people who come back and are willing to grow even though they survive. Welcome to the show tonight, April Anthony. <laughs> hey, Miss April. Hi. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm doing. I love your smile, by the way. Just so you know. Thank you. <laughs> yes, yes, I got yes. A lot to smile about. See, come on, come on, come on. So we we got a lot of ground to cover, okay? I want to I want I want to start uh, in your former relationship, okay? Um, not in it because we don't we don't want to talk about him, okay? Because we we don't want to get sued. But 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 I do want to talk about this. Um, for everybody who's watching tonight who may not know, um, you were married, right? And then you got divorced. Here's my question for everybody who's married tonight, right? Give us some of the red flags that you saw that let you know this marriage might be in trouble. Oh, when you start like nitpicking over every little thing, when the little things no longer matter as far as like bringing flowers, et cetera, you know, things like that. Um, when everything is just an issue for everything, the hugs don't mean the same. The, um, the kisses don't mean the same. When you just know that you're growing apart, your friend isn't your friend anymore. Mm, okay. You cooking with hot grease too, huh? That, <laughs> listen, listen, listen. So, so was there a moment that crystallized for you that, you know what, this, this is, this is done. Ah. Oh. When we just kept going through the silent treatment, like we would just go like continuous weeks, months, you know, and not talk to each other. And I was just like, you know what, I'm over it. If you can go to bed at night and you don't know if I'm okay, if I'm living and breathing, got hit by an 18 wheeler and you don't care, then, you know, it was 
that was enough for me. Yeah, that yeah. day, that that, that would have been enough for me too. Like if if <laughs> if you literally, and we're speaking, we're speaking generally, like generally, we're not speaking about anybody in particular. Certainly, I'm not. Right, 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 right. If anybody can sleep next to you at night, and don't care if you die during the <laughs> during the course of the evening, that is probably a good indication that this is not going to work out, right? Bingo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me ask you this, because I, I, I want to thank first thank you for that, and, and thank you for. You are very well spoken, and, and so you know the way that you articulated that, everybody can grab onto. But but I, I want to come out of your head now and go down into your heart, because oh. nobody nobody thinks about the divorce at the wedding, right? Nobody. I mean, at, at the wedding you're thinking, I can't wait to get this reception and shake my tail feather, and then at the reception you're thinking, I can't wait to get to the honeymoon and roll around. You know what I'm saying? Come on, April, we grown, girl. We grown. You know what I'm saying? So so, so when you get to the place where you're getting a divorce, it does something to you. Tell everybody who may not know this experience, what did the divorce do to you? Oh, my gosh. You go through the grieving process. Like, you break down like you just lost, like, a parent. I, I don't know any other comparison, you know, that's that great. Um, you go through so much trauma, the depression and anxiety, everything kicks in and okay, everything. Oh, oh, that hey, April, April for, just for the purposes of this, this moment, make I statements. I go through. I go through. Go ahead. Absolutely. You yeah. Go, I ahead. went through depression. I went through anxiety. I went through grief. Um, I went through resentment. Um, I went through just a struggle altogether to say, I'm not married anymore. I'm not a wife anymore. Yeah, mm. that was tough. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I listen. Woo. Um, I'm wondering tonight. First of all, how how long were you married? Twenty years. Twenty years. Yes. Woo. Twenty years is a long time. Indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're married twenty years. Tell, tell me how you felt at the moment, because I'm assuming you had a tumultuous relationship. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. That's okay. Fair. So on, on a scale of tumultuous, right, with one being, oh, we didn't talk to each other, and 10 being, we tried to set each other's cars on fire, um, where, 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 where were you in the scale? Oh, we only got to like a four, but okay. it was just so annoying. Yeah. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. But tumultuous nevertheless, right? Absolutely. Okay. So when you finally got the divorce and it was finally over, what did you feel? Uh, I felt everything that I thought I was not going to feel. Mm. I thought that I was going to feel free. I thought that I was going to feel, you know, this overwhelming excitement to be back on the dating scene. But instead I felt Again, the grief process started again. Mm, mm, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and when you said that, your face changed. Like your 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 face. What what happened when you said that? Because it was hurt. It was mm. hurt. A lot of hurt. A lot of pain. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You think about those memories. You think about all those things that were that are no more. I still have a friend, but again, you're not in that union anymore. So. Yeah. I, I think it's so, I'm so glad I asked you that question. And I think it's so important that people understand. Because a lot of people watching right now thinking, you know, 
who want to get a divorce or who are close to being divorced, they're thinking, as soon as I get this divorce, I'm going to be happy, I'm going to be free, I'm going to go out dancing, I'm going to put a dress on, put a suit on. Tell me why that's probably not going to happen. Okay, so sis, that's not that's not what's going to happen. I mean, you can coat it with alcohol or sleep with another partner. You can think that that's going to fix it. But the next day, when you wake up, you turn over and you've changed the name in your phone from my hubby to whatever his first name is and you're going out and you don't have that significant other on your own on your arm or you're going out to events with couples and you're not a couple anymore it's just not what you think that it's going to be i mean some it's different for everybody but for me that's that's what it was it was just like i was stripped of something i was robbed of my happy ending oh that's good And, and, (laughs) and, and that's real good and and the point you're making is that even if you are happy and you are you feeling liberated, there is a kind of grief that comes along with it because it is the death of something. Absolutely. It is the death Absolutely. of something. So let me ask you a hard question, okay? You ready for this? You ready for this? Sure. Um, tell me what you wish you had done differently. Oh, what I wish I would have done differently. I wish that I would have looked more into what it means to love someone unconditionally. Because even after being in a relationship for 20 years, I wasn't loving, you know, unconditionally. I wasn't loving myself unconditionally. So I wasn't able to really give him me. Um, Being in a relationship since you were like 18 and then getting married when you're 22, I really didn't know who I was. So I was just giving him the different phases of my life. So I just wish that I would have been more compassionate towards myself and a growing relationship and learning how to nurture that versus just saying, oh, forget it. We're done. Forget it. We're done. Every time there was trouble. Every time. Mm, ooh, that was good. Wasn't that good, 2-3? <laughs> you helping 2-3 over here. <laughs> and he don't listen to nothing I say. <laughs> no, that that was rich. That was rich. And that was so honest. I mean, you, that that, that I felt your honesty and I felt your authenticity really looking at yourself and saying, Here, this is the thing that if I had done better, I might have had a different ending. Did I, did I get that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You get the nail on the head. Yeah, no, that's, that, that's powerful. That's powerful. Every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Um, so you're here tonight because you think that you might be ready to sort of get back out there and, 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 and get out into the market, as it were, right? For lack of a better way to say it. Um, yes. Yes. So I finalized the divorce. I am a fabulous 40 plus two and I'm new on the dating scene, but my love life is on life support. And I'm thinking that I am somewhat part of the blame for that because I'll, I'm highly critical. Like it's a lot going on. Give me, give, oh, hold on, hold on, April, hold on. April. Give, <laughs> give, Cause you know, when you said that I was going to follow up, I'm going to go over, I'm going to go over a little bit. Y'all y'all just chill out. Um, Give me an example of you being overly critical. Ah. <laughs> okay, so it's like I have these, I don't want to say standards. It's, that's an ugly word when it comes to relationships. But it's just um, my red flags that are non-negotiable, that, you know, certain things that if he's not bringing that to the table because I've done the work on myself, that I just will not deal with. Okay, just, okay. Be- be- before I take this break, we're going we're gonna to end with your red flags. Give me the, give me the list of your red flags. Go. Um, the red flags. Okay. So the first things first, teeth. 
Okay, so he's got to have a beautiful smile. I know that sounds, you know, <laughs> out there, but I'm dreaming of like this Morris Chestnut, you know, guy, you know, when he's coming through, you have to take care of yourself. And that's one of the signs for me that says, okay, you're taking care of yourself. Red flags, um, too many baby mamas. You know, are you truly just out here shooting up everybody club at this point? I mean, four or five baby mamas, I, I can't deal. Um, other things that I just can't deal with is like someone like way underage, like under 40, I can't deal with it. Every morning I look at my phone, all I see is GM, WID, there's no conversation. <laughs> and I'm having to decipher this or go and find my kids and say, what is this? What, what does this mean? And then the whole conversation is just acronyms and stuff that I don't understand. So yeah, I, I <laughs> There's so many. I can talk all night about it. April, hold on. I'm going to take this break. When we come back, I want to hear more of this. Sure. Because that was amazing. It was. <laughs> G-M-W-I-D. You know. Yeah. You know you're guilty of that, boy. Anyway, we'll be right back with more of this. When we come back, I'm going to ask April more about her red flags. And then I got a question for her that relates to her and not to them. Welcome back, everybody. This is a good conversation, people. <laughs> April Anthony is here. April, give, 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 me, give me two more of your red flags. For communication. Men. Yeah, communication, absolutely. Um, so I think that ties in with the WIDs and the GMs. And yeah. Yeah, that, um, as far as that's concerned. Um, as far as another red flag, I really don't want to deal with a guy that has like mommy issues or daddy issues. You haven't dealt with, you know, where you need to heal, you know, especially if I'm doing the work on myself and I'm bringing to the table what I expect to have, brother, do some work on yourself. So that's a red flag if you're coming here with manipulation and all this extra stuff that I don't have time for, but I got an eye for it now. So mm, I like that. I don't have time for it, but I got an eye for it now. So let me ask you a hard question. You ready? I'm ready. Because we got we got to do some work. We got to do some work. I'm okay. I'm ready. I'm taking. You've been superwoman, but take your cape off, okay? And and let me. And let, I saw that. I saw that face change. Um, let me ask you this. I know your red flags for him. But what are your standards for you? For myself. To be unapologetically who I am. Mm-hmm. I have to have the standard where I'm just solely being me, if it feels foreign to me and I'm not authentically giving you myself, then I'm in the wrong relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, being honest, moving with integrity, mm-hmm. all that good stuff, mm-hmm. just just bringing to, the, bringing to the table everything I have on my checklist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Those are things that um, I've been working on and I feel that that person um, should have as well. So it's like a mirror effect. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like I'll recognize it and I'll know it intuitively when it when it happens. So what I've been working on is dealing with my own codependency, my own issues with, uh, you know, daddy issues, mommy issues, um, mm. trauma bonding, stuff like that. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Which, which is actually why I asked you the question, because what I want to pour into your spirit tonight is the understanding of when I asked you what you wish you had done differently in the marriage. Right. And you gave me this beautiful, this immaculate answer that, that it was, it was, because you really assessed yourself at a very profound level. And the reason I asked you that was so I could connect this, your, that answer 
to this question. Because if you start to enter into dating from that place, then you will attract people, right, who are attracted to that kind of person, who are attracted to someone who is healed. Because there are broken people who are attracted to broken people. <laughs> right? They're, they're, yeah. they're, right. You, you, you know what I'm talking about. So, so, so often it is the case that what, that what it is we're manifesting and putting out there and sort of leading with, whether that's a, a legitimate checklist, whether, that, whether those are legitimate standards. See, what I like to tell people is, and it's going to sound crazy for a second, don't, don't lead with your standards for other people. Don't lead with your red flags for other people. What you lead with is the bounty I mean, the, the brilliance of what you bring to the table, right? And exactly. If you, and if you lead with that, then you're more likely to have people who are not intimidated by that, who are ready to deal with that, can handle that, right? Because you're showing up in your fullness and you're showing up in your best. It's more likely that this is going to succeed. Then, then, you then, <laughs> see, come on now. Then, <laughs> then, then to be showing up saying, well, you got to be this, you got to be that. See, here, here, here's my thing, all right? I'm, 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 let's, let's, let's do some work. And tell me what you think about this. Absolutely. My advice is to anyone, you, me, him, <laughs> everybody, is that before you sort of critique and judge people, that you first see if you can relate to them. So, 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 the, so when I meet you, the first thing I'm trying to do is to see if we can get along. Is there any connectivity here? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even going through my checklist on my red flags yet. No, I, I, I don't even need to get to my red flags if we can't relate, if we can't get along, right? So the first thing right. to see is, is, there, is there any sense of rapport, relationship, a little spark, a little that. That's the first thing I want to know. The second thing I want to know is this. Do we have anything compatible between us? That's the second thing I want to know. Now, now notice, I haven't even gotten to my red flags or my criticisms yet, right? First, I'm dealing with, are, are we relational? Can we relate? And then are we compatible? So I'm a believer. Are you a believer? You know what I'm saying? I like, I like to, I don't know, read books. Have you ever read a book? You know what I'm saying? Compatibility. And then, April, and then... We get to the red flags because now once once you can connect with somebody, you like them and you got some things in common with them. Now you want to know, OK, what are the things I need to, to look and know and, and be concerned about? So what I'm suggesting is if you shoot people as, as soon as they come in the door, you're going to end up killing everybody. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> oh, let, you know, trust yourself enough to say, I want to see if we get along. I want to see how we comp how we're compatible, how you communicate. And then and then if I actually feel like this might go somewhere, now I want to ask the serious questions. Now I want to know what's going on with you, your daddy issues. I want to know that, but I don't even need to know that if I if it ain't no connection. I don't even need to know that if we're not compatible. What do you think of that? I agree, but the dating scene is so horrific right now. So it's like I'm on dating sites and you get to talk to these guys, whether it's through your inbox or you're on the phone with them and everything's fine. But as soon as you meet them, it, all of that goes out the window. It becomes, OK, am I coming back to your place or something like that? It's, it's not oh. what you built it up to be. So it's like I'm coming with that. I'm trying. I'm trying. Well, listen. Time, yeah, I no. don't know if I'm attracting that. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah. But well, 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 you mentioned earlier that you're still processing your way through your daddy issues, your mama issues, and and all of that. So, so, so some of that may be coming across, right? And 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 that's what's being drawn to you. But even in the case of what you just presented, it, it, I don't think it undermines what I'm saying, because and I know some people may disagree with this, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Just because you text me or inbox me doesn't know doesn't mean you know me. I agree. Just, just, just because we have a conversation on social media, we don't know each other. I'm saying that you make no determinations about any of that until you're actually in the person's presence. And then you begin to decide, okay, can I relate to you? Are we compatible? What are the red flags? It, 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 anything that comes across on this phone, you just take it as people just talking and writing letters. I wouldn't connect with anybody. I wouldn't, I'm just, maybe I'm just old, but I wouldn't connect with anybody who I can't sit in front of, you know what I'm saying? have a conversation to get a sense of them. So what I'm saying to you is this, hold off on allowing yourself to really overwhelmingly connect with people or being interested in people until you have a chance to actually meet them. Right, the building blocks. The building blocks. See there? Wish, see I'm there? Just... <laughs> April, you gotta come back and see me. I like talking to you. Absolutely, absolutely. So here, see, here's my final analysis. I think you're gonna be fine. I think you're gonna be fine. I think that when it's all said and done, when you tap into more of what it is you really want to be, then you will at the same time tap into who you really want in your life because those two things are connected. Who you are will determine who comes into your space. And I, I believe, just from talking to you in these few moments, you are on the verge of being even more special than you already are. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Absolutely. So that's what I look forward to. And thank you, you know, so much for that insight. I look forward, you know, to giving of myself to that special someone. So I have not given up hope. So. There you go. It's going to happen for you, April. You too, two, three. It's going to happen for you. You too, everybody. You're going to find the love you need, okay? Don't y'all give up on love, okay? Don't let what somebody else did to you make you dis disavow and disrespect love. We're gonna talk about, talk about that rather on the other side of this break because a lot of people are blaming love for what people did. Love ain't done nothing to you. So let's do a couple of aha moments from that conversation. Play the bumper high. Ellie was ready, you see that? He was ready, he's my guy. So here's what, here's, what, here's what I, I'm hoping all of us learn from that conversation and what I got from the conversation that no matter what happens over the course of a relationship, there's always things that we could have done better, right? It takes two people to make a marriage or a relationship, and it takes two people to mess it up. It doesn't mean that a person may not be victimized, because you may be. A person may not be taken for granted. You may have been. But there's always something that we could have done better to make ourselves a better presentation in the moment. It's easy to focus on what somebody else has done to us. It's a lot harder for us to focus on the things we should have done for ourselves in the moment while we were with them. I want to invite you to do that. That you never be so used to blaming other people or wrapping yourself up in the privileges of victimization that you don't take a hard look at the things that you didn't bring to the table. Because the next time you come to that table, you're gonna to need to bring those things. And that's how it works out. I think April will be all right. Dating is hard, man. It's hard to find the right person. Nobody said it was gonna be easy. So welcome to the journey. Welcome to how it is for everybody. 
And you're not, and if you haven't found someone and you're find, having a hard time finding someone, it's not because you're cursed. It's not because life is punishing you. It's just how it is. It's hard. Okay? But remember this one thing. No matter what people have done to you in the name of love, don't blame love for what people have done. Love is still worth the trouble of trying to find. It's still worth the trouble of having it, owning it, basking in it. You see, people will call a lot of things love that ain't got nothing to do with love. People will call a lot of things affection that ain't got nothing to do with Be sure that before you condemn love, that you're not blaming love for what lust and like did to you. Okay, I'm done. Let's do some Ask Dr. Sean, people. <laughs> Got a video sent in. You guys always send me amazing videos. Let's take a look at this one right now. Hey, how's it going, Dr. Sean? My name is Alonzo Gordon, and I'm from Buffalo, New York. And here's my question. Now, I know in a relationship, it has a lot of ups and downs, but how do you know when it's time to move on or when it's time to let go? Mmm, that's a big question. First of all, great smile, Alonzo. Um, yeah, that's an interesting question. And I think for everybody, it's different. It's, it's not the same. Um, but here, here's a general rule. When you start to feel yourself no longer caring or willing to sacrifice enough to consider someone else's feelings, someone else's space, someone else's dignity, someone else's happiness, then you should probably ask yourself what you're doing and why it is you're detaching and why it is you're uninvolving yourself. You see, your red flags, just like April's red flags, April's red flags are not my red flags and my red flags are not your red flags. But beyond the particularities of the things you start not to like about a person, I think you always have to track where you are with the experience of being with them. And when you feel yourself fundamentally disengaging, not caring, becoming indifferent, so much to the point that you resent the time and the sacrifice that you have to do for them, then it might be time for you to do the adult thing and move on. I'm never going to tell you that because you argue y'all don't need to be together or because you could struggle with communication or because you struggle with money or you're not compatible in the bedroom that that's a reason to leave somebody. I think those things can be worked through. People can be creative. And if you're willing to do some hard work, you can work through all those things. But the moment you start to be indifferent to their existence, April said it tonight, when you don't care about the happiness or the joy or the well-being of the person you are literally laying next to, And if they don't hit you over the course of the day, you could care less. That's when it's probably heading toward a declension. (laughs) I did not say dissension. I said declension. Although dissension would also apply. The point I'm making is this. Apathy, indifference, being cold, pulling away from people. People do it for many different reasons. Some people do it to protect themselves because they're afraid to be loved. A lot of people do it because they get to a place where they can no longer reconcile the value of the relationship. And when people lose their sense of value for you, they will also at the same time lose their ability to sacrifice for you. That is the moment most relationships die. The ones that survive are able to recreate and reimagine the value so that when I look at you, In spite of you, I see something that I just can't live without. Welcome back, everybody. So um, someone DM me this question, and it's a very interesting question. Listen to this. 
Thank you. <laughs> I was waiting for the teleprompter to stop. My husband wants to have a threesome, but I'm against inviting other people into our bedroom. He says that I'm insecure and afraid to try something new, but I'm just not into that. How do I convince my husband that we should keep our sex life private? That's a great question, okay? Um, and it's not that hard. This question isn't that hard to answer because here's my position on this. Well, first, let me say this. You should always ask yourself if you're not willing to do something because that's not really who you are or because that's what you think that's not who you are. It's what you've been taught and what you've learned. You thought you get the difference? Sometimes we say, oh, I'm not into that. I won't do that. And the truth of the matter is you're just echoing. You're just mimicking. You're just, you're just parroting what you've heard and thought and been taught your whole life. It may not actually be what you think. So I'm, I'm always going to encourage you to ask yourself again, where do I stand on this? Make sure it's yours, your position, you own it. And once you come to that kind of clarity, then, it's, then it becomes easy. Because your job is not to convince your husband of anything. Your job in that moment is to simply stand your ground. And to make it clear, I'm not having a threesome with you. <laughs> no, no, no matter what you say, that's not what I'm into. I don't want that. Okay? And if you're, because, because here's the thing, I say this all the time. If you end up doing it, and you really hate it, Right? You're going to ultimately end up resenting yourself and him for doing something that you despise. I mean, that, that's going to open up a, a, a door from, out of which will come all kinds of demons. The dark arts will be all over your marriage because now you have to live with the fact that you were taught, taught, talked rather into, goaded into, manipulated into, seduced into, fundamentally doing something that you are totally against. And you're going to resent yourself for being that weak and resent him for being that overbearing and manipulative. You know, if your husband loves you, if he really loves you, they call me old-fashioned, but if he really loves you and cares about you and wants to be with you, then he will respect what your limits are. And he will find a way to exist in this relationship without having that part of him satisfied. Because the truth of the matter is, there may be another way to satisfy it. I, there may be another way, because you, you have to really ask, what is it about having a threesome, having somebody else in the, in the, in the sexual situation that excites him, right? What is, what, what is it? Because that, and my point is there may be another way for him to have that part of him satisfied, right? And, 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 and a sex therapist would probably have better, you know, better advice on the particularities of how you do it. But... Just, there may be a, another way, a way for you to keep your dignity and stand, hold your ground, but also understand that this may be a real important need for him that can be addressed a different way. The thing that you have to ask yourself, and here's why I'll, I'll end with this, what if the situation is for him a deal breaker? What if he is willing to walk away from what you have because this need that he's driving towards is so overwhelming and important to him. Are you ready for that? And is this moment, this decision that you've taken, this position that you've taken, this decision that you've made rather, is so indelible to who you are and so important to who you are that you would even be willing to lose the relationship in order to maintain your position? I can't answer that question for you. But I think you need to start asking yourself that question.
Because here's what I know about men. What I know about men is that when a man fixates on something sexual, <laughs> it takes angels, Gabriel, Michael, Moses, Aaron, Jesus, <laughs> and a bunch of other people to get us to turn and to change our mind. So this is going to be a journey. Probably should get some counseling. Be, be, be in a therapeutic situation who can help you and help him ascertain where this is coming from and help you address, you know, what some of your limits and boundaries are and whether that, whether or not they are of your own creation or whether you just picked them up because you grew in a particular house and raised by particular parents. Good luck with that. All right. We got another video. Let's take a look at a video submission sent in to me. Hi, Dr. Sean. My name is Tony Bryce, and I need some advice. What are three habits I can start doing that can improve my life? All right. Great question, right? Great question. We got a lot of sex. A lot of sex questions tonight. I'm glad this question has nothing to do with sex. Although I'm all for it. Sex, that is. And questions. Anyway, three things that, 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 will, that will change, inspire, build, and improve your life. Here's the first thing. I would say giving is one of the most important things you can possibly do because it keeps you from becoming thoroughly narcissistic and focused on yourself. Okay? Do as much giving as you possibly can because giving always makes room for more. The more you give, the more you get. Put a seed in the ground, a harvest will come out of it. The second thing I would, I would encourage you to do is to make sure that you are committed to learning and growing. Learn, read. And I say read, not just watch videos. Well, pick up a book and make your mind train itself to having to move across the words. Move across the pages and deal with the words. Learn. We, we spend so much time trying to be more beautiful, trying to be more attractive, that we forget that at the end of the day, if you, if you are the same fool you were five years ago, it ain't going to work. Here's the last thing I would advise you to do. I would advise you to believe in something bigger than yourself. Whatever that is, love, grace, God, justice, democracy, whatever it is, always have something bigger than you that you can appeal to and talk to and run to when the world beats you down and throws you down on the floor. Those are my three things. They've changed my life, and I believe they'll change yours. Thank you for watching, and I thank you, April, for being here. Don't give up on love, people. Hold on to your heart. It's going to be all right. Somebody's going to come and love you the right way. And that somebody might be you before anybody else decides to do it. Because how you love yourself will determine how other people come into your life and try to love you back. Y'all be good to each other, okay? I will see you soon. I love you. The future. So cool, right? All of those amazing new innovations that are going to make life even better. Like, okay, wouldn't it be great if your car could change color to match your mood? Oh, wait. No, to match your outfit. Ooh, I think I would like that. Buick is thinking about the future every day. A future built around you with super smart Buick EVs that can make your life even better. And soothing spa-like interiors that can leave you feeling relaxed and refreshed. Wait, is that eucalyptus? Oh, believe me, the future smells incredible. And it's all out there waiting. So let's go to the future together. Want to go? Join us at Buick.com slash future.
Since 1998, Penn State World Campus has led the charge in online education, offering access to more than 175 in-demand programs. Penn State World Campus delivers on your time. Click on the ad or visit worldcampus.psu.edu to learn more.